You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin. Working hard to bring you what's possible for your health, the Freighter and MCW Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. It is Crossover Wednesday. Matt Derry from Locked on Lions is going to be on the show today to talk about the Detroit Lions off a bye week. The week before that, they just barely lost to the Kansas City Chiefs and have been better than I think a lot of people expected them to be. So that conversation coming up in just a little bit. I want to start with something that jumped out to me as I went back and watched and as I think about where this Packers offense is in particular. The Packers are now in the top 10 in offensive efficiency. Football Outsiders has them ninth in defense-adjusted value over average which is basically schedule adjusting the the statistics and allows you to get a better picture of what's actually going on relative to the competition. You play a bunch of bad teams and all of a sudden your numbers look a lot better than they really should be. So why is this happening? Why does it not look quite as good as maybe the numbers indicate? And what we find when we take a little bit closer look is the Packers have the best early game offense in the league, at least passing the ball. Aaron Rodgers has a first quarter passer rating over 130. And the rest of the game, things slow down. But that's not the whole story. That is part of it. And that's an important part of it. It is an indication of Matt LaFleur's prowess as a game planner, as a coach who can identify the weaknesses of a team, as someone who can identify play calls that can exploit the weaknesses of a team. And I think that is to Matt LaFleur's credit. By all means, we should give him credit for that. We have to view it in context of what happens the rest of the game. And we also have to remember that statistics after a team jumps out to a 21-0 lead or a 17-0 lead or a 31-3 lead, for example... And just numbers, just spitballing here. We have to understand that what happens after that may not have been what would have happened if the team were up four or down four. We have to remember that part of this too. But the fact that Green Bay can find play calls and play designs and, and philosophical attacks for opposing defenses suggests that this offense should be better than our perception of it, right? I mean, I think a lot of fans 
and and media analysts and people who do this for a living, myself included, believe that this offense should be better. And that is including a game with Devontae Adams out, but also all the games that he was in. This offense, you feel like, should be better. Well, it's actually been really good at some particular things. It's not just the scripted plays, although the scripted plays have been awesome. And not just awesome, the best in football. This is also one of the best early down offenses in the league. On first and second down, this Packers offense, in passing the ball in particular, so for whatever you know deficiencies Aaron Rodgers has had statistically this season, on first and second down, he's been really good. This passing offense has been really good. It is no coincidence that the highest usage of play action for the Packers has come on first and second down. Over 30% of their first downs uh, throwing have been play-action throws. And they're d- the difference between what they can do on play-action and what they are, are doing without play-action is significant. They're much more efficient with play-action. They're just not using play-action enough over the course of the game. They're not using it enough on third and short in particular. This has been a criticism I've had of the offense all season. But what it does is it is an indication of where this offense can go. Because if you are situationally very good, and, and situations like you know game scripts and first and second down in, in games that are still in the balance, and that was what it was. It was estimated points added, which seems like a weird number, but it's not really. I mean, you think about a given play, what are the, what are the impacts of that play relative to your team's scoring ability? Does this play make it more likely your team scores points in games where the win probability is between 20 and 80%? So when the game is still in the balance, what is your offense doing on first and second down? Well, Green Bay's offense, especially throwing the ball, has been very good. That is a good thing. I mean, I think there are cynical ways to view it, but it is a good thing that in these specific scenarios with the game endowed, Green Bay has been good. It's third down where they have been not quite as good and in the red zone where they have been not quite as good. To me, this is a fixable problem. And this goes back to a problem that a lot of NFL teams have and that I think Mike McCarthy had is you try and get the yardage you need for a first down rather than just calling plays. And this is intuitive, right? On first and second down, You are just calling plays to pick up yards. You just want to pick up as many yards as you can. So you call plays to just pick up yards. On first down, you just want to pick up as many yards as you can because you want to make that third down as small as you can. But more than that, you just want to pick up yards. Second down is is sort of the same principle. It's reduced a little bit because you only have that down before third down. So that is a little bit more, if it's second and six, you want to make sure you try and pick up six yards if you can. It's the same with the script. The script, you're just calling plays. You're calling your best plays or plays that you want to get a read from the defense or plays you want to show the defense, but these are plays that you are just calling to call. It's not third and six and you want to pick up six. This is where the Packers offense at times has struggled. Third downs, they have problems. In the red zone, they've had some isolated problems. By the way, they are still among the top five teams in football at scoring in the red zone. So I don't want to couple 
wonky possessions inside the five to, to skew this. But this is all part of the bigger point here. When the Packers are just calling plays to call plays, Matt LaFleur is much more effective. Aaron Rodgers is much more effective. This offense, this season, has been much more effective. When they are getting in specific situations, when they're inside the red zone and they're trying to get to a place or they're trying to pick up a first down on third down, I don't know if they're overthinking it. I don't know if... There's an issue with not having enough players. You know, I have been on record on this show many times as saying in those situations, you need dudes. Okay, so you need to find ways to get Devontae Adams the ball. You need to find ways to get Aaron Jones the ball. Maybe they need more dudes. I, I To me, Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams, that should be enough dudes. And against Dallas, they gave the ball to the only dude they had, and that was Aaron Jones. And guess what? It worked. Sometimes the game really is that easy. This is something that, that I think Matt LaFleur can learn from. But the data, I think, points us in a pretty clear direction. And it, it is something that is difficult for any team, any coach, to get away from because it is so traditionally how we think about picking up first downs or picking or trying to score in the red zone. It is so intuitive to say, I need five yards. What is the play to get me five yards? It is the same instinct that has coaches lining up on fourth and one with an extra offensive lineman and trying to run the ball down the throats of an opposing defense. And that is just not the best way to try and pick up one yard. The best way to try and pick up one yard is to pick the best play to pick up any number of yards. And no team's best play to pick up any number of yards is lining up heavy personnel, extra offensive linemen, and and running that that blast play or that that inside power. It's just not any team's best play. So why are you calling it in those moments? Why are you calling play action on third down less than 5% of the time with what we know about how good play action can be? Don't call plays to pick up first downs. Don't call plays to pick up touchdowns. Call plays that pick up the maximum amount of yards. Call the best plays, regardless of situation, and you will have the most success. And I get it. It's easy to overthink. When you get that close to scoring, all you want to do is score. But sometimes your confidence can get in the way, and that's where Blue Chew can help out. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now remember, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants a little extra function in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness right now we've got a special deal for our listeners go to bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code locked on just pay the five dollars shipping again that's bluechew.com promo code locked on to try it free you're worried about the packers injury report i get it but what happens when you wind up on the injury report the freighter in the medical college of wisconsin health network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. There are only 120 academic medical centers in the country. 
The freighter and MCW network is one of only two in the state and the only one in eastern Wisconsin. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care, research to find innovative cures for complex diseases, and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. It's like having a two-time MVP quarterback under center. You know you're in good hands, and you might just see things you never thought possible. Freighter and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent and treat diseases. Still wondering what academic medicine offers you? Visit www.freighter.com academic. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. This is what is possible. All right, let's get into Crossover Wednesday, our Locked on Lions edition. Matt Derry joining the show. You can follow him on Twitter at Derry Speaks, D-E-R-Y. He is a Syracuse alum, which makes me even more happy to have him join the show. Matt, thanks for joining Locked on Packers, and let's jump right in here. You know, it, it, I did not expect when I looked at the schedule, I will have to admit that, that this game would be for first place in the NFC North already this season. I mean, the Lions are, are much better than I thought they would be. I'm, I'm sure, well, I guess I'm not sure that you feel the same way. Yeah, no, I, I do. I, I think 2-1-1, one and one, you know, you looked at the schedule at the start of the year and you said, all right, if you're in Detroit, we never go to Arizona and win. Then you got to come home and play Phillip Rivers and the Chargers. Then you got to go to Philly. And, oh, yeah, great time to finish up the first quarter of the season with the Chiefs. And yet, here are the Lions sitting at 2-1-1, one and one, should be 3-1. and you know, three and one. And, uh, mm-hmm. and and had every opportunity two weeks ago to beat Kansas City. So and and for the Lions, you know, they they went through a transformation on the defense themselves. Where would you, you know, assess their defenses at this point in the season? I think the transformation is just Matt Patricia and the system, and it's finally starting to take some shape. I know last year at the start of the year, the defense was brutal. Uh, week one against the Jets was a disaster. Sam Darnold in his first ever start comes in and, and lights them up at Ford Field. On the next week, it was the Matt Breida show, and all of a sudden you're 0-2, and you're like, wait a minute. I thought Patricia was a defensive coach. Well, mm-hmm. you know What's going on here? And now this year, it, it's kind of crazy because at the start of the year it was, man, look at this defensive line. They sign Trey Flowers and give him $18 million. They get Mike Daniels uh, from, from, from the Packers, and you and I will talk about that. Uh, they already have Romeo Aquara, Ashawn Robinson, Deshaun Hand, Devin Kennard, uh, Devon Kennard on the outside. This D line's going to be ferocious. They're going to be all over the quarterback. This is going to be like, you know, the old days with the Silver Rush and Bubba Baker and all this stuff. And it turns out that really this year, the reason the defense has been successful is they've had, a, especially on passing downs, they've been playing basically a 3 8, where they've been rushing three, and the quarterback has had time to throw. But he has nowhere to throw it. I mean, that those eight guys back there in coverage are on a string, mostly man, sometimes zone, and then they're covering their people. So, you know, you saw Mahomes a little rattled a couple of weeks ago, like, where am I going to go with the football? There's nobody open. Same thing goes with Wentz, albeit when he had open receivers, they were dropping the football uh, a couple of weeks ago, and even Phillip Rivers to an extent uh, the week before. So this sort of 3-8 look where Patricia's got things, got things cooking in the back end, with some extra safeties on the field, some extra corners, some linebackers with some athleticism, and it's working. And and you know, yes, we saw the Colts hand the the Chiefs a loss the other day. And you look at Kansas City, you go, well, they had 34 points against the Lions. But the Lions defense played pretty well and kind of kept Mahomes in check. No touchdown passes, no touchdown runs. So I think it's more system. 
yes, they've added some good young players. We mentioned the D-line guys. Uh, uh, Tracy Walker, the safety, is, is starting to come on. I think he's an upgrade from Glover Quinn. Justin Coleman in the slot as a cornerback and a free agent signee is a definite upgrade from last year, and so is Rashawn Melvin. So they're playing pretty well. Coleman's been great. Yeah, they, 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 they've been good. So, you know, obviously it's a different animal. You know, you're going up to Lambeau on Monday night with Aaron Rodgers, and who knows? But I, I think in the past, Peter, Lions fans would have said, yeah, like the Lions are going to go into Lambeau and win on Monday night. Give me a break. But the Lions moved a little bit in the Lions' favor. I think people in Vegas are starting to take – Note maybe of the Lions having a shot in this game, and then I am too. I think I think it could it could uh, could come down to special teams. Obviously, Matt Prater's been pretty good, so uh, I'm excited to see what see how they do. But again, boy, if Adams is healthy, the way Jones is running the football, uh, mm-hmm. it might not be an easy night uh, for the Lions. When I think back to the way you stop Prime Aaron Rodgers. And we, we do not have prime Aaron Rodgers anymore. We do not see that guy anymore. We see him in spurts. But this is, I don't think anyone is under any illusions that the guy that, that is currently under center for Green Bay is that guy, right? But the way you did it was you rushed four uh, and you dropped in coverage and you played two deep safeties and you played man coverage and you, you threw the, the rhythm of the offense off. It's the same way you beat Patrick Mahomes right now. It's the same thing the Colts did. It's the same thing the Lions did. And I think you're going to see very much the same program against Green Bay. My question, I guess, is, you know, from a a matchup standpoint, Darius Slay has had problems with Devontae Adams in the past. Darius Slay said on my show, Devontae Adams is the toughest cover in the league. So do you think if Devontae Adams plays in this game that the, the Matt Patricia defense decides to take a little bit different tact when it comes to handling uh, their their pass coverage responsibilities? Uh, you know, that's a good question. First of all, Slay is not 100%. He did not play in the Kansas City game two weeks ago. And again, the Lions are off a bye for your, for your listeners, Peter. And uh, Slay slowed by a hamstring that he that he suffered in the Chiefs game. And uh, or I should say, uh, suffered in the game before against Philly. So, I, you know, I... That's a good question. I, you know, uh, to say they're going to do anything different, I think they want Slay on Adams, and I think that Darius Slay has something to prove. And certainly, you're right. Devontae has been uh, had his number in recent past. I think the Lions have a lot of versatility. You know, if Quandre Diggs is healthy, and that's another guy that got hurt in the Chiefs game, but Diggs is a guy that can play all over the field. He can be the, that strong safety that they want. But if he has to go into coverage in a five-wide situation for Green Bay or whatever you guys, uh, the Packers, end up doing, he can cover people. Uh, same goes for uh, Justin Coleman, who's been fantastic. The uh, mm-hmm. the free agent pickup signed for nine million a year. People are going nine million a year for a slot corner. What the hell's that? This is a this is typical Lions. No, he's been their best pickup, uh, draft or or free agency, and he's been as advertised and has played outside, inside, and has done a great job. So, you know, let's say Adams goes in the slot and they move guys around, uh, and Coleman has to guard him. I think a couple of weeks ago you would have said Slay's got to be on Adams no matter what. Now I think if Coleman's on Adams, I don't think the Lions feel that's anything bad at all. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I feel like Matt Stafford is having a very underrated season. You know, the numbers are not there the way that they were, you know, when he threw for 5,000 yards and he's slinging the ball to Calvin Johnson and he's putting up 300 yards a game. That's not this Matt Stafford, but I was just looking at some numbers that had him on an, on a points added per play basis was one of the like six or eight best QBs in the league this year ahead of guys like Brady, Wentz and Rodgers. 
And I, I feel like, I mean, I'm watching that Kansas City game, for example, he, he was able to make the throws that he needed to make when he needed to make them. And if they have TJ Hawkinson, if they can run the ball with on Johnson, this offense, it, it looks as good potentially, you know, in terms of a ceiling as, as I can remember the Lions looking. And, and I think if you're a Packers fan, that's got to be a little bit scary. I think a good matchup, too, is this offensive line. The Lions' O-line's been pretty solid. Uh, Taylor Decker in week one against Arizona, something was wrong with his back. He had his worst game and ended up sitting out week two, and, and the Lions couldn't couldn't stop uh, the edge rushers from from getting to Matthew Stafford. But then since then, Stafford really hasn't been touched. It's been the O-line's done a nice job, especially in pass protection. Run game got much better against the Chiefs. I, I'm still not sold 100% yet that they're going to keep that up. Um, but you know the, the matchup there with what like you mentioned the Smith brothers and, uh, and 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 certainly Kenny Clark's a beast. I think the Lions O Lions can have their hands full. Um, you know with, with what Green Bay's bringing to the table. And, and look, I, I saw the holes that the Packer O line opened up for Jones uh, Sunday. I, man, those, those two bookend tackles for the Packers right now, and they're all, they've always been good. Bakhtiari and Balaga, but boy, they've been dominant so far, huh? They have an, an ESPN has a, a pass rush win metric that they use, um, and, and it's based on tracking data and a lot of different things. But David Bakhtiari, Corey Lindsley, and the rookie Elton Jenkins are all in the top 10 at their respective positions. Lindsley is second among centers, and, and Elton Jenkins, I believe, is second among guards. Brian Bulaga, per Pro Football Focus, has not allowed a quarterback hit, much less a sack this season. So I think I, I think... The, the way that you laid out Matt Patricia wanting to play against Aaron Rodgers, that, you know, sort of mush rush three or four guys and, and drop everyone in coverage. It's the best way to attack this, this Packers offense anyway for the, for the Lions because Green Bay's offensive line has been so stout. Unless you have, you know, Everson Griffin and Daniel Hunter, it's, it's going to be hard for anyone to generate consistent pressure or, you know, Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack. It's going to be hard for anyone to consistently um, pressure Rodgers. This has been one of the best pass-blocking lines in the league for a long time. Uh, and then when they're opening runs, I mean, the, what they did to Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch against the Cowboys, it was disrespectful. I mean, they dominated that matchup, and that includes Aaron Jones shaking Leighton Vander Esch in the open field about half a dozen times. I was like... You might have to go back to middle school to see the last time that Van Der Esch was dominated in a game the way that Aaron Jones did. I mean, it was really a sight to behold. All right, we're going to get back to Matt in just a second. But before we do, I want to talk to you about my bookie. This is a week where I think you can make money on the Green Bay Packers. The, the game opened at minus six for the Packers at home on Monday night. It is down near four and a half right now. And if you look at a place like ESPN's FPI, they think this should be over a six-point game. If you look at Sagarin, maybe you think he just does college basketball. He does NFL, too. His analytics say this should be more than a seven-point game. You can make money on Green Bay this week. And if you're going to do it, if you're going to lay money down, go to mybookie.ag. No one gives you more ways to win than they do. They've got the fastest payouts and the best lines. And don't forget where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. Not to mention, right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at MyBookie.ag to activate that offer. So go to MyBookie.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON. They will double your first deposit. No odds, no nothing. You put money down and they will give you money. 
MyBookie.ag, you play, you win, you get paid. I'm I'm interested in this point about the Lions offensive line because when I look at Green Bay's front with with the edge rushers that they have and the interior uh, players like Kenny Clark and, and the the force that they can bring to bear with these designer blitzes, Matthew Stafford has had some success in the past getting after capers trying to get cute with blitzes. Do you feel like this offense is built to withstand what the Packers can bring defensively with this pass rush and, and do they have like the weapons on the outside, for example, if Matthew Stafford has to get the ball out quick, can he do that and can these guys get open for him if the pass rush is coming after him? I do, and I think that, like I said, I think part of it is that the Lions offensive line and Graham Glasgow being one of these guys at right guard has gotten better. Uh, Ragnow at center is very, very good. Um you know, the, the, the tackles, is this the game that Decker and Wagner struggle? And it's possible. It is. I'm not in love with those guys. Like I said, Decker in week one, if you go back and watch the Arizona tape, was brutal. I mm-hmm. think he was hurt. I think he was hurt because uh, he, he sat out the Cardinals MVP in that game. <laughs> yes, he was. Um, so this could be that game. Peter, I, I, I'm not ruling that out. And... Um, but, you know, the play calling's better. The, the Jim Bob Cooter days of Stafford taking the shotgun snap and taking seven steps and looking and looking and throwing is are over. They, they've got some quick hitters that they've been doing, some misdirection. Daryl Bevel's got guys in motion. They've rolled Stafford out. Uh, I like so far what I've seen from Bevel. I think part of slowing down what the Packers are going to bring to the table with their front is, is Bevel kind of doing some things offensively to throw them off. So... That's where I think the Lions could have an advantage uh, with Bevel is, is some of the play calling. Um, you know, my my final question to you as we wrap up the crossover is, you know, this this Matt Patricia thing, and and I say that because it encompasses a lot, right? I mean, you laugh, but you know what I mean. Uh, there is there is a, a a vibe about him. And there is a lot of, of things about him that have been clowned by the media, by opposing fans. And yet here Detroit is in position to potentially be a playoff team this year in what is a pretty quick turnaround. And I guess I'm just wondering what, what you see as his impact on this team and, and how you would assess his performance to this point. Because he has been a little bit of a running joke in a lot of ways. But I, I just it seems like on the field... You, you can't make any jokes right now about Detroit. Well, I, I think that this this game Monday night is is it's not exactly going to be a referendum on him. Uh, I liked your use of the word machinations earlier. I, I don't I don't know if it's a referendum game or not. Uh, but I will say this: if the Lions go in on Monday night and, and look like they belong and somehow win or even lose in, in tight fashion and and, and you know, I think that would sell a lot of the fan base on him. Now, with that being said, there are still some, including me, that question his usage of timeouts at the end of halves. I don't understand why the Lions go into the locker room at halftime with timeouts in their back pocket constantly. Uh, the challenge flag. Uh, they challenged a, 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 a spot or something like that in the first quarter of the Chiefs game, and then there were a couple of plays late in the game against Kansas City that were pass interference, and I understand now anybody that challenges P.I. seems to lose it, but he had that chance and didn't do it. So those are still questions being asked, but about the scheme 
and about his defense and how well they've played and, and how they've kind of shut down the Riverses and the Wentzes and the Mahomeses have, I think, got the fan base sold a little bit. But this game Monday night, let's say the Lions, if the Lions go into Green Bay and just get worked and, and get blown out, and Patricia, you're right, looks like, you know, uh, you know, he's got the pencil and the hat and everybody's making fun, and that'll continue. Mm-hmm. But this, this game Monday certainly would be a nice boost for him from a consistency standpoint and, and fans going, wow, you know, it's one thing to go into Lambeau and beat Brett Huntley or even last year when the game meant nothing. But now you do this here on this Monday night stage with a team at 2-1-1 one, and one, and then that team at 4-1, and one, you talk about some doubters that would, that would uh, naysayers that would be quiet. I think that would be the case with Patricia. But right now I think fans are still not sold just yet. It's a show-me game. No doubt. No doubt about it. All right, Peter, I, I think the Lions lose. I think this is going to be like a 23-21 final for Green Bay. What do you think? You know, I, I like it in, in that range a little bit. You know, Vegas right now, as we record, has it four and a half, but it opened at six. I think it's closer to that six or seven. I'm, I'm thinking more like more like 31, 24, something in there, maybe, maybe uh, 27, 20, 27, 21. But I think Green Bay gets the win. I do think Detroit acquits itself nicely. I don't think this is going to be a game where, where the Lions just no-show. This is not uh, your slightly older brother's Lions. Uh, this is this is a team that can absolutely come in and hang with Green Bay, in my opinion. I think they're they're being overlooked a little bit by the national media. And and not by Vegas, by the way. All right, Peter. That was, uh, was fun, man. A pleasure. Uh, we'll do it again later in the year. We will indeed. Look forward to it. All right. I want to thank Matt for joining the show. Always great to have Matt on, uh, a fellow Syracuse alum, a couple of Syracuse alums on the show this season because Matt Steinman is as well covering the Packers. So, you know, he is he is certainly in opposing territory, but, you know, still, still a Syracuse guy. That's still, that still counts. We can still be nice to Matt. I appreciate the time that, that all of our Locked On hosts take to come on and do the show, and, and I'm always happy to do theirs and, and – Try and come together a little bit and, and talk and chat and, and do the thing. I think you guys appreciate it, and it seems like, I mean, I get something out of it, so if I'm getting something out of it, I'm hoping you're getting something out of it as well. We're going to be back tomorrow, a scouting report for the Detroit Lions as we look toward Monday night, and then our Friday show. We're not going to have an injury report, so uh, we will just have to take your questions and, and do it that way. I, I, you know, I hope there's enough stuff i've been getting plenty of questions so i'm not going to run out of questions but but listen to our live periscope watch it go look at my face i've got a beard now so you can go on periscope and make fun of me for trying to think that i have facial hair there's always that (laughs) and uh do me a favor subscribe on itunes on spotify on google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts go subscribe leave us a rating leave us a review and also do me a favor follow me on twitter follow the podcast on twitter at locked on packers And anytime you want to be a part of the show, you want to send in questions, you want to send in comments, I'm here for it. I read them all. Hit me up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.